0: truth universally I acknowledged. myself have noticed my growing resemblance that to is a gold daffodil. does not glitter. Not all I would die, though I had You're reason right. enough in, in the last If you want to rebel, rebel from exist, inside the system. But because they tell us that dragons I'm your host Vicky from Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Let's begin our story together. Hello. I can't believe how beautiful and sunny it is outside. And that is just one of those perfect days where you've got the hint of autumn but also a hint of summer. Still, I love these days where it just has that beautiful mix, and it's so beautiful outside. Anyway, enough about weather. Today we are here to talk about dyslexia and reading. And I thought I'd start off by telling you a story. Now, when I was younger, I was very lucky because my parents encouraged reading, and I don't remember ever feeling pressure to learn to read. And I remember enjoying myself thoroughly at the library and getting loads of books and enjoying that a lot. Roll on to college. And I remember one of my teachers saying to me that I seem to have a tendency towards dyslexia. And she she suggested that I get tested. Sounds really weird when I say get tested, but you know what I mean. And the rest, they say, is history. I was diagnosed with dyslexia which I have to say is both a relief and a frustration at the same time. Relief because some of the things that I did as a child and as I was growing to see as an adult were really frustrating for me. But also it was frustrating because as an adult being diagnosed with dyslexia, it's really difficult to break those habits that you had formed as a child and try to try and help you overcome your dyslexia or make your dyslexia a bit more manageable. Everybody is unique when it comes to dyslexia. There are different kinds of dyslexia and it there are some people who are very mildly dyslexic. There are some who are severely dyslexic. There might be some like myself where the more stressed I get, the more dyslexic I get, which I have to say is the most frustrating thing in the whole world because the more frustrated you are, the worse it gets. Ugh it's horrible. It's like being, your brain is on um, uh, wading through treacle, As the best way of explaining it. It just feels so slow and sluggish and horrible. Anyway, so I'm a dyslexic, uh, no, I'm a kinetic dyslexic, which basically means I work really well with my hands, which is for me amazing. So dyslexia is like my superpower and there are some fantastic sides to it, but also the downsides and being a kinetic dyslexic, means that I work really well with my hands. My husband is quite envious actually, because half of my family are dyslexic or have tendencies towards it. And he's like, you all can just do something at the drop of a hat. And the first thing you do is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but waiting for you get further on and then you kind of lose that edge. Anyway, so it's great having that where the creativity and thinking outside the box. But for me, my downside, it's two main things really, other than the stress. Stress is a different matter first of all it's language i do struggle to pronounce words and i do tend to talk really fast because my brain is thinking so fast that i'm trying to get everything out really quickly so i don't forget what i'm saying because it that is the other part of my problem i have a very bad memory for me it's the fact that i can never remember what i've done just the day before Or I can walk into a room and totally forget what I went in for, and that only happened to me yesterday, where I stood in a room for a good 10 minutes thinking, why did I come in here? And then finally figuring it out, sometimes I don't even figure it out, I have to wait an hour or two. And it's so frustrating, especially as I just want to have a, you know, someone asked me to do the washing up and then I forget 30 seconds later. I don't want to do that, I want to be able to remember it. Having said that, on the other side of it, for my memory, I can remember the most obscure things. So for instance, here's my little fact for you for the day. Feel free to share this fact. Spiral staircases in a castle go one specific direction because it helps to defend the castle easier. So if you're defending the castle, the uh, I think it's the way down, um, your right arm, because... Most people are right-handed. Um, your right arm is free to wave around and actually hit things, so it makes it easier to defend the castle. Whereas, if you're coming down up the stairs, um, if you're right-handed, you are hampered in trying to use your sword. However, if you're left-handed, it's totally different. So we'll, we won't go into there though, because um, left-handedness is a totally different subject. That is interesting to talk about, but. Not for here. So as you can see I'm kind of semi-qualified to talk about dyslexia and reading because being a dyslexic myself I've obviously had time to work out strategies to put into place to help me if I'm feeling particularly dyslexic or if I want to stretch my dyslexic bounds because just because I am dyslexic it doesn't mean that I have to stay in this one box label dyslexia. I am my own unique person especially as I am dyslexic and I work in a library. I know, really weird. People ask me all the time if it isn't my worst nightmare and I tell them, no, that's not my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare is the fact that I'm an introvert and lots of people make me feel like I'm in my worst nightmare. So there's that instead. And that is a whole nother story. Now, it does mean that I am kind of qualified to talk about reading and dyslexia kind of because I am dyslexic and I work I've worked in libraries for 13 years but it does mean I'm not a psychologist and I'm not trained to um, be comprehensive about dyslexia I can only talk about what helps me and my dyslexia and how I've got a couple of strategies to push the bounds of my struggles so this is what I'm going to be talking about today I thought I'd talk to you about it because sometimes somebody else talking about how they deal with their uh, disability or their mental stress actually sometimes helps you to see the different strategies you can do and actually apply them to yourself so I've got several and hopefully also by the way this is the bonus you can apply a lot of these to reluctant readers as well because a lot of dyslexics are reluctant readers, except for myself. I get told that I need to stop reading so, so much, which leads me on to my very first and most important point, And that is to read every day, every day, every day. That is the most important strategy. And it only has to be five minutes, five minutes of your day. And I know for a lot of people, this can be really intimidating, especially if you don't read very much. But you need to exercise your reading muscle, so to speak, because like any other muscle, if you don't exercise it, it's going to be a lot more of a struggle further on in the road, especially if you're trying to read things for college or school or whatever. Five minutes. And I will say things that don't count in my book for this five minutes. Emails don't count. Blog, um, blog posts, we're not going to count for this. Newspapers, yes. Magazines, mm, I'm on the Fence for that one. Uh, But books, any kind of book, it is whatever rocks your world. Take five minutes out, read it. If you like reading chocolate, you read that. If you like reading trashy love novels, you go for it, girl or boy. I'm not, you know, there's no sexism here. Um, You read it and it's only five minutes. When you've done five minutes for quite a while, see if you can up it to 10 minutes a day and see how that feels. It's to take bite-sized chunks. I always remember the thing is how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time and this is exactly what I'm suggesting, uh, well actually is one of the best strategies. If you have to start with a middle grade book or a picture book don't worry about it, you enjoy yourself. I mean I thoroughly enjoy myself with all the picture books because sometimes they're way better than some of the boring adult books I have to read. So uh, the other thing to also mention when you're reading for five minutes and you are finding a physical book intimidating because you see a book, say for instance, let's go with Jane Eyre, and you're like, that's a lot of pages. Don't look at the page count. Or in fact, do what I quite often do is put it on a tablet or an e-reader. Don't look at how many pages there are. Who cares how many pages there are? Just read for the five minutes. If it takes you a month to read it, Don't worry about it. If it takes you a year to read it, don't worry about it. It's all about exercising that muscle. Now, this leads nicely on to my next point, and that is to pick something you like to read rather than what everyone else tells you to read. And this, again, is very difficult because I'm sure you see all these award books. uh, Well, I say award books, books nominated for awards. And you're like, oh, I should read that. People keep telling me I should read that if you don't like that don't read it the whole point is to enjoy reading and if you find it again it's really intimidating to read some of those books because they are literary and they have these obscure thoughts i really struggle with that and i don't tend to read those because why should i struggle with something like that if i don't have to and if you don't know what you like this is a fantastic time find a genre or a type of book that you find interesting or easy to read again if you have to read a picture book don't you worry picture books are still awesome if you read a lot of comics they're still fantastic that's still reading go for it enjoy it you want to enjoy reading you don't want to see it as a chore now having said that uh my third point which is almost the complete opposite and this is not really a strategy this is my probably pushing The one point, yeah, the one point for pushing the bounds of your dyslexia, because once you're reading every single day and you're really enjoying what you're reading and you found the genre you like or the type of book or the author you like, you want to push yourself. And this is where you can, where if you want to stress, stress, stretch yourself pick a book from a genre you struggle with so like me if I I think I'd have to pick from literacy literacy literary literary I can never say it see what I mean literary you'd have heard me on the other podcast I had to cut a word out and replace it and I I funny enough I have decided to push myself this year but not with literacy literary? See, I still can't say it I decided to tackle the other thing that is my kryptonite other than literary books see I got it there my kryptonite is non-fiction and th- yes that that did really make it very difficult during university I can gobble down fiction like candy literally candy but non-fiction it takes me a really long time to read anything of that sort and worse I struggle to remember what I've read but as part of broadening my outlook, I have taken up the challenge of reading more nonfiction. And rather than do it by numbers, so for instance, doing one nonfiction book a month, I decided to take it a different direction by using some of the sugar pop prompts to fulfill some kind of difference because I know myself well enough that if I was left to my own devices I'd only pick random things that I know that I'd like rather than again expanding my horizons and picking something I might not necessarily enjoy. So for instance I needed to read a book by a stem author and I decided to go for lab girl which is all about trees and her kind of biography almost it was kind of interesting but at the same time definitely not my cup of tea I was kind of bored but I think that's because of the subject rather than the author themselves so that gives you some idea of how I can do it or change it the other one I want to uh, well I want to mention and I highly recommend it's called quiet and I can't think what the author is called at the moment, but it's all about introversion and the world around introversion and how it all works. I felt really uplifted by it because a lot of the things that she was saying in her book I felt like it was me and it kind of gave me some better idea how to equip myself with my introversion. Sometimes that also feels like a bit of a burden. So I did actually enjoy that and as I said with the sugar prop bronze it was enjoyable doing it that way. I didn't like the numbers thing at all. It's goal, which I kind of smashed this year but I like to be a little bit different, which is why you probably see me taking part in quite a lot of reader fons or different book prompts, just to make something different. Now, moving on a little bit from um, my kryptonite and nonfiction, I wanted to talk to you about something that usually is the top position, but I gave the reading for five minutes the top position because that really is something that with practice really does make a difference but this one is an amazing resource that you can use and best of all in general is free and that is library resources yes yes I know I work for a library authority but in my defense I've worked in three different library authorities and I have to say in an odd way each authority had a different What I call dyslexia offer which is very interesting but odd at the same time they kind of are the same but they're not there's little tweaks that some do others don't very much worth going in and asking your librarian about what kind of things they can offer for a dyslexic and don't don't let them put you off anything by going oh I don't know or thingy just make just make sure they know that generally there should be something even if it's their card category just make sure that they do look it up and don't just put you off with like, oh, it might be this or that. There are things that you can have or do. And I'm going to mention some that are generally are available in the library service that you can actually use as well anyway without having to ask if you feel really awkward. I know that feeling. I really hate going to somebody and asking really odd questions, but trust me on this every librarian loves to have a question just trust me on this we are well at least i love to have questions my favorite kind of questions are i've read this author what can i read next i genuinely love that kind of question it feels a bit like a challenge especially if i'm not reading that genre and i have to think of something it's great because it's like a, it's like sounds really bad it sounds like a party game but i did enjoy it anyway moving on from what i do with my job I would like to mention something. So this is my kind of like my fifth point. Um, This is something that you can get online, but it's kind of not worth buying online. But I know every library authority will have these because they are so useful. And that is uh, a publisher called Barrington Stoke. They are great because they are very thin. So they're not intimidating to any uh, person who with a reading disability and finds anything quite thick a struggle this certainly isn't and the great thing about these is they are written for with the object i should say of um a target audience age so there is middle grade which again is like 7 to 11 year olds and they do have teenage ones which of course goes up to 16 17 18 but if you're an adult that struggles to read the young adult books are perfectly acceptable they are focused on teenage issues so just be aware of that but that shouldn't really stop you from reading if you enjoy it and these are definitely easy now other than the uh, use of appropriate language so for instance instead of saying cadaver they all write dead body just to make it easier on the dyslexic brain if i mean i find it hard to say cadaver but you know it's it's one of those when you're trying to spell it in your head They also use uh, cream-coloured paper to make it easier for you to read, and also, which I'm not sure makes a huge amount of difference, because apparently it does, but I've never seen it really, the uh, font on the, uh, the font of the lettering is uh, what they call a dyslexic font, not entirely sure why, Um, to me it makes no difference, but that might be because I read every single day, so... It doesn't make here or there a difference to me, whether it's a dyslexic font or not. But I'd like to hear your views if you read uh, the, any of the Barrington Stokes and find the font a little bit easier to read. Now, moving on from the Barrington Stoke, I thought I'd mention the next one. It is a little weird, but in my defence, it is very, very helpful if you are feeling tired and you're trying to squint and see writing and you feel less intimidated by the thickness of the book. And that is large print. This again is more or less exclusive to libraries, most because publishers don't publish large print books outside of sending them to libraries. I'm not entirely sure why, but it is really difficult to get hold of unless you're buying ex-library stock. But these are... One of the reasons why I'm mentioning the large print is, more often than not, weirdly, they are on slightly off-coloured paper, which again makes it easier for your tired brain to uh, to work from but also they tend to have a little bit more of a rounded font which again is similar to the dyslexic fonts that Barrington Stoke uses so you, you have that option and also it's larger print and I don't know about you sometimes you're really tired and the larger print makes it 10 million times easier just to see and read and trust me when you're very tired you kind of need that edge so to speak to be able to carry on reading but I do recommend it I know as I said it's a bit weird but I do recommend that and as far as I'm aware and this includes America or Europe they do have large print in all the different libraries across the world so hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn someone will tell me now that they're not available in Canada or somewhere very odd but anyway so that's that one. So the next one, it's kind of like a half and half where you can actually get this at the library, but also you can get a paid version of it. And I'll, I'll talk about the paid version in a second. And that is audiobooks. Audiobooks do count as a book, but I'm just going to mention here, not for the five minute read. That has to be a physical book to read for the exercise, uh, the to exercise the muscles. So just bear that one in mind. But I will say I'm totally addicted to audiobooks. And when I was the most stressed and the most distressed about my reading ability, audiobooks were the lifesaver. I don't know how many hours I sat there listening to audiobooks and just enjoying the rhythm of the book and enjoying being part of the story without the stress of attempting to actually read. And this, there is a, a side where they say audiobooks don't count as reading but they do in my book so don't listen to them I may do a future podcast on that as a side note about audiobooks and reading because it's a great oral tradition we've had it for thousands of years oh and I shouldn't spoil the podcast that's coming a little later anyway so it's great uh the podcast not bad class. see you can tell i'm i'm going i'm getting tired now i'm seeing all kinds of things so i'm going to do it from the library side first so you get an idea as to how it all works now they do have library authorities they do have generally a fantastic range of audiobooks and this is i'm talking from a physical side they usually have three different kinds well kind of two now because the third one's a bit obsolete and i'll do the third one now which is tape Yes, the library authority I work for currently has tapes on, uh, has tapes. If you know what that is, I'm with you on that. They're just totally obsolete. But I do know the older generation do like to use them because they can stop it wherever they like and it's easier on them. They are very few and far between, though. Most library authorities generally have the audiobooks on CD and something called playaways, Now, the audiobooks on CD are very obvious. They're on a CD or multiple CDs, depending on the story. You just put it into your CD player and play. That has the biggest range, I have to say. If you want to listen to an audiobook, that is the biggest range because they've been publishing for the years and, of course, the Library Authority will keep on buying, so that's why it has the biggest amount. The second one is Playaways, and this is like an MP3 player where you just plug and play. I'm not a particular fan of this, mostly because I listen to audiobooks on my phone. I won't say how I do with the audio CD because I feel like I'll get in trouble. So I'm not gonna mention that. But with the MP3 plug and plays, it's really easy. You can stick it in your pocket and you can walk around with your headphones on. And it's quite enjoyable that way. And also really good if you're going to walk the dog, you can again, slip it into your pocket. Don't have a CD player or anything like that. So those are the ones that you can physically get. And more often than not, they do cost to get sometimes you have to pay a rental fee but quite a few library authorities if you have I want to say the dyslexia category on your library card it sounds really bad every library authority calls it something different but that's what I'm gonna go I'm gonna call it for the moment but more often than not you can ask to have your library card set to like a dyslexia or a, it's not a disability category I can't for the life of me think what it's called but It does allow you to borrow audiobooks for free from the library because they're aware that things like that are a struggle. It's very much like um, having a library card and you are going blind. That sounds really bad as well, but you'll see what I mean where audiobooks or large print is actually better for the person who is going blind. It's a similar situation with dyslexia. Uh, library authorities tend to find that dyslexics like to listen to audiobooks more often than not so they tend to give you um, rent-free so to speak audiobooks so it is worth checking out what the library has now on the flip side most library authorities now have e-audiobooks which is 10 million times easier to use especially if you've got a smartphone or tablet or even your computer and it's exactly what it sounds like which is audio books that you can download onto your smart device and just listen to. Now, with the advent of COVID, a lot of authorities have bought like a million. I say a million. I'm exaggerating a little bit. They've bought extra books. I mean, for instance, much to my shock when I was on my... Work one the other week. I saw Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. I was quite surprised because that only came out last month, and it was already there for me to borrow on audiobook. Well, only if I wanted to be in a large queue, because that's the other big downside: is everyone else can borrow them for free as well as you, and everybody loves audiobooks. And sometimes it can be a bit of a queue, which is really frustrating if you want to hear something. But I'm willing to wait. So have a look at your library authorities' websites, see what they're offering with just your library card without having to change anything. Audiobooks are, again, fantastic. But on the other hand, if you don't want to go to your library authority and you're thinking, I want to keep the audiobooks, there are some books that audiobooks that are absolutely fantastically performed. I admit I really like the forecast audio type ones because then I can hear the different voices easier and I totally have got into it. In fact, I almost walked into somebody the other day because I was listening and laughing so hard that I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. Anyway, don't don't do that whatever you do. So, with the audiobooks you can pay for, I'm going to mention a couple of services, but again, I might just mention these, I will mention these in further detail in a later podcast because audiobooks are totally awesome. And those include uh, ones like Audible, Kobo, Scribd. They all have similar kind of packages except for Scribd where it's more like a subscription. You can borrow anything but not keep it, whereas Kobo and Audible, they're both, you can buy a subscription and keep the book for each credit you buy or you can buy independently i can't recommend those ones highly enough again because i have thoroughly enjoyed listening to them and they give good customer service i don't i'm not paid by the way to say that but i have uh for audible for instance i've been with them since i think like 2005 2004 on and off and i have bought again and again fantastic Anyway, I'm going to move on from that. Otherwise, you'll get bored listening to me obsess about the audiobooks. But I will say that it is a great resource again for you if you're feeling really stressed, but you really want to listen to a story. And uh, as I said, it's so enjoyable. I just can't help but recommend it. Now, the last one, or the last thing I wanted to recommend to you, is ebooks. Now, again, the Library Authority has a ton of them. Um, They are less, when I say less, they are things that aren't published within the last couple of months, more often than not, because the publishers want you to buy the book rather than borrow them from the library. You know how it goes. Money is everything. But there is a really good selection. And again, due to COVID, library authorities have upped how much they've bought into ebooks because they're aware that people will be buying them. Now ebooks are fantastic for you if again you don't want to look at the page count and you can't see how thick the book is. Like for instance, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. I read that recently. I didn't realise it was eight hundred and eight pages long. And it wasn't until I got to the end I was like, well that was a long book. And then I looked at it, I was like, Wow, that was impressively long. So that's great where you you can't get that intimidation of seeing how thick the book is what i do like about ebooks as well is especially if you're reading on a tablet or a smartphone is two abilities well technically three abilities the first is you can change the background color it is fantastic i tend to read all my all ebooks on a black background with white writing because i find that much easier on my eyes again things don't jump around it is much easier to see and the other thing well it's technically two but it's related to each other is you can change the font size again to make it easier on the eyes you can also change the actual font itself it is limited in the different fonts you can use but sometimes it's very stressful when publishers use this weird font it's like an all joined up one and i'm like how can anyone read that and it does change it so you can actually see see what they're trying to say. Sometimes it's very stressful trying to read really bizarre fonts. And I'm glad that you can actually change the font to make it easier. This also kind of applies to any e-reader as well. I haven't tried, you know, it's really bad of me. I had a brand new Kobo a couple of months ago. I had to upgrade and I actually haven't checked whether you can flip it around so you have a black background and white writing. I'm fairly sure you can. But you definitely can change your font size and your text size and your font size. You can change your font size and the font again in an um, e-reader. I also, I, I thought I'd mention as well, well, this is what happens with mine because i upgraded. It has a backlight as well. So when it gets dark, it glows a little bit, but you can set that to glow during the day if you want again makes it way more easier to read and I really enjoy that I don't know why it does it just for me it just does so hopefully now that I've run through all the different things that you can do you can have some ideas as to what you can do to get out of that dyslexia box and up your reading game and just hopefully encourage you to read a bit more because it is a whole world Waiting to be open to you, and it's a world that I love, or multiple worlds that I love dipping into and just enjoying. And I can't recommend enough just trying all these different strategies to see what works for you. And if you think of something else that should be added to this list, feel free to message me on Instagram at Miss Vicky's Bookcase. And we can always have a conversation about all the different things that I've done to help or what doesn't help. And if you can think of anything else that can help as well. So, that is the end. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and you've enjoyed your day. And I will see you in the next podcast. Our story together has come to a close. Join me next time for a new adventure. Ankh-Morpork, pearl of cities. People really are like houses. This is not. With vast rooms and tiny... Libraries were full of ideas. Perhaps the most dangerous and she delighted in the smell of the ink, the rough of the paper. Had commented once that Neil had a gift yeah, for making someone enjoyed want by to punch children him. is Just not a good children's story minded refused to be influenced by literature and poetry